0: That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, good whatever time you are listening to this, and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Bad Boys of Podcasting, the reason why mom made you take the long way home from school, Central Divided. My name is Zach McCann, and with me, as always, is the effervescent, the positively glowing, the beautiful...
1: Uh, mason masters
0: <laughs> there he is he knows how to take a lead in mason my man what's up oh uh, not much
1: man you know just uh trying not to fall prey to one of the eighty-seven thousand things that could uh spell doom for me this year but other than that <laughs> i'm rosy
0: other than that mrs lincoln how was the play
1: so <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh, how are you my friend how are you it's been a while since we've gotten together
0: uh yeah you know, we're like, uh, we're like Avatar sequels. You never know when they're going to pop up, but you keep hearing it's going to happen. So, you know, <laughs> That's
1: it's nice. Absolutely. I'm actually not real. I'm completely CGI.
0: <laughs> just, yeah. And and looking fabulous. Yeah, doing it. Just The lag time between you and New Zealand right now is amazing. Yeah, incredible. Dude, I'm good. I've watched hockey for like the past three days. And it's like, all I've done is work and watch hockey and life kind of feels normal. And I love that.
1: Yeah, I know. It's been like weird um, at first for me because I was like, oh, it's the end of July. It's nearly August. You know, why mm-hmm. Why am I watching? Is this the preseason? <laughs> and then I went, uh, no, I have no idea what month it is anyway. My circadian rhythm and my body clock, is it's, it might as well be, you know, April. So we're going to say it's <laughs> April. It's yeah. April playoff time. Let's roll, man.
0: Yeah. I mean, as we record this, it's, you know, about six o'clock central time on the Thursday that the NHL has returned to play. So we've seen a few days of exhibition games. And uh, Mason, I got to say, maybe it's just the lack of hockey. And it's the if you throw a starving man a cracker, he's going to think it's a Ritz type situation. But this has been some pretty darn competitive hockey we've seen so far.
1: Yeah, and I think um, that not only has it been competitive, but it's been engaging. And it's, it seems like the players have not lost a step in the break. Um, mm. The quality of the, of the play has not been lower than I would have otherwise predicted, um, which is a really good sign leading into this weekend when honest to God games are going to start and things of, of importance will actually be on the line.
0: Yeah, I don't know about you, but I've blocked off on my calendar from like 11 a.m. till 5 p.m. every day next week, and I'm just declaring myself unfit to work. So Yeah, I, uh,
1: I, I think uh, Patrick Kane put it as, as this is going to be similar to watching March Madness, and mm-hmm. um, 100% it is, including the fact that I will be doing zero work, although I will appear to be doing a lot of work. Yeah. Lots of emails are going to get responded to, and nothing's actually going to move forward next week.
0: Zach's employers don't watch this Zach's (laughs) listeners hello (laughs) (laughs) yeah I mean like it's weird to say and I know this is especially bitter for you to admit but the NHL is kind of crushing it right now yeah Zach
1: um is it a bad sign when Gary Bettman's the best commissioner in uh, pro sports right now
0: I think if anything else is just par for the course in this year that the unexpected is happening. uh, Dogs and cats are living together and the NHL is the best run professional league right now.
1: And I, you know, this is hard for me to actually utter, but I've been impressed with how well this league has done everything from Mm -hmm. making sure teams were um, contained um, outbreaks while they were in their home cities were contained. Everybody was clear to go to the two hub cities. The hub cities are well-organized. The hotels are well-organized. The venues look amazing, Zach. You and I were talking about that during these first uh, few games this week. Like, it looks cool the way that they have set up these two hub cities. And, uh, the you know, I watch, I've i watched maybe six or seven baseball games since that came mm-hmm. back. And it's fun but you know there's nobody in the stands the cardboard cutouts look weird you know watching the nhl games i i did not even think about the the fans for a second did not even pop into my mind and and i think that is probably the best case scenario in terms of a, a tournament like this i've i've been really impressed we'll see how well the actual hockey playing goes but in terms of organization the league's done great
0: they accidentally fell into something that really works for them and that the presentation of these games is the same as you would see as an outdoor game. And yes. that's what has been a stroke of genius by the game presentation crew at NBC Sports and the NHL and everyone. Because it just looks like a Winter Classic game or something like that. Only the weird Thunderdome version, which I'm <laughs> super into.
1: Yeah, I, I, I really like it. I'm just waiting for Tina Turner to come out.
0: Ooh. Now an intermission exciting. with
1: the, the white hair. <laughs>
0: Well, not only that. I think what's really a stroke of genius is the way that they have scheduled these exhibition games by giving each team their perceived best rival that's in the tournament. It really has ratcheted up the intensity of these games.
1: Yeah, I, I agree, Zach. Um, between, uh, the, for example, the Hawks play the Blues. Um, mm-hmm. Even the games that don't don't make so much sense. Um, for example, last night watching the Jets and the the uh, Canucks go go at it. Yeah, um, that was that was a, a well played game the, there was intensity there was there was some real vial between those two teams, which is not a thing I immediately uh, Think of when I think of a game between those two, but it, they've done a really good job of, of either pairing regional um, teams or uh, straight out rivals just to get a little more juice flowing just to prod them a little more into this weekend.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. um, uh, So far in the games I've watched, none of them have really been snooze fests. I mean, the only one I started off watching, of course, the Penguins and the Flyers and was scratching myself like an addict as soon as the game came on. (laughs) And that was just excellent from top to bottom. Obviously, I just watched the Predators just wax the stars, which was beautiful. And I mean, like even watching the Hawks and the Blues, the score didn't indicate just how competitive that game was. So. yeah same
1: and even even with the uh the uh, canucks game that i mentioned earlier it was i think it was four mm-hmm. nothing by the end of it with, with winnipeg but those teams were right, it was an open game back and forth um mm-hmm. the only real snooze fest i can think of was the uh the tampa bay florida game because that was not a good it, game because it, it, it's florida <laughs> like yeah. I, you know it, in the back of my mind zach i've been thinking for every single one of these games i've watched like don't get too excited don't get too down on a team it's just yep. a game except for the florida game where it's like yeah uh, yeah that's That's exactly what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with them. There are a few teams who I think just kind of have that just happy to be here vibe, you know? (laughs) I would agree. Mm -hmm. So, Mason, I know obviously last time we talked, you know, the hub cities hadn't even been announced yet. And I really want to give the NHL a pat on the back for doing the right thing and picking two cities in Canada. We said it, and I'm glad they listened to the show. They listened (laughs) to us and did the right thing, I think.
1: I think so too. It would it be better if we got a consulting fee for it. That yes, but I'll take what we can get. Um in, in terms of that, I mean, a, a it's safer. Canada's done a much better job curbing this pandemic. B it you know, there's something to be said about going back to the roots of the game. I, hockey's you know, that's the culture still is is everything it has to be old time and uh, we draw on our roots and our traditions. But in this case, I think that's actually a really good thing to do um, in, in something that is so weird as this 2014 tournament um, to kind of like center it and, and give it some gravity by putting it back in Canada, um, where, you know, to be honest, it's going to get the most eyes where there's going to be the most excitement over it. I think that was a really savvy move by the NHL.
0: Absolutely. I just thought, um, obviously, you have the two cities, the little touches that each teams are taking for all of their players. For Mm -hmm. instance, the Predators, their staff went and got pictures of each of the players' family and made sure they had them on the tables when they got to their hotel rooms, having team branding all over each of their hotels, kind of trying to make it as a weird situation as homey as possible for each one.
1: And at the same time, kind of embracing the weird situation, too, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like we all know that this is not normal, so let's have yeah. some fun with it. Again, mm-hmm. a word I don't normally associate with this, this league, fun, but it seems like they're making actual attempts um, uh, at, you know, making the game enjoyable, which is good.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that. it's... It's cool. The fact that every team has sent in a portion of their game operations. I know, you know, for the Predators, we had PA announcer record all of his calls I know every team has done that. We've got fans sending in videos of cheers. We've got some booing from the Boston fans apparently, which I think is great. Um, Not only that, I just thought that uh, I'm excited to see what they're going to come up with to spice up the broadcast. Cause apparently we have not even seen the tip of the iceberg for the plans that they have. So I'm a little nervous to hear that in one area because i'm like don't mess with it too much like we we got a good thing going here and b i'm just excited to see what they come up with because right now they're kind of on a hot streak
1: yeah and i mean right now it's working pretty well the the blackhawks game against the blues last night eddie olchek was in stanford connecticut because he's going to be there basically until the end of this working for NBC sports Mm -hmm. Um, uh, pat foley was in a truck outside of the united center he wasn't even in the building and they're calling the game together. And it, it was very hard to notice any indiscrepancies between the two of them being able to communicate, although they're not side by side. And also for how they were able to monitor gameplay action. Because, you know, anybody who's been to a hockey game knows that it's very different to be able to see what's happening throughout the entire ice as to what the, the TV camera shows you. So I, I think, you know, from, from what we've been able to see early, they've done a really good job of making sure that those people in the booths Um, get get what they need to uh, call the game. Well, and I'm, I'm with you. I'm excited to see what other um, augmentation they can come up with to, to enhance this for us.
0: All right, Mace. So, you know, meaningful hockey starts in a scant 40 hours. Yes. You know, I'm I'm doing the math a little, probably messed up there, but we're close enough. Okay. So at this rate, I think maybe we kind of walk through each of these play-in series, talk about offense, defense, goaltending, and then X factors. And let's try and break down each of these series and see who has the edge from kind of those perspectives. Sound like a plan? That sounds like a plan. But first, Zach, you, you we- forgot
1: something very important that happened did. in the NHL. You did. What did I forget? You forgot...
0: Oh, my, how could we forget? I mean, not only that, we're about to get a new little brother. Oh, yeah. The Arizona Coyotes are coming to the Central Division, so I we're going to have to bone up on that. I can the Coyotes them. to
1: move to Houston and really become a rival, and it's going to be <laughs> great.
0: Boy, yeah, that's another situation. John Chaka, how about that? Um, I was
1: I was really surprised by that. But, yeah, just, uh, yeah, man, 32 teams now. Um, the Seattle
0: again, Kraken. <laughs> they went with
1: the fun name. They have a what? really cool logo and look, like, I was ready to run through a wall with that video that they released before they even announced everything. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I guess I'm a Kraken fan now.
0: Cool. <laughs> uh, the Space Needle on top of the anchor. Oh, it's, it's such so a cool, cool touch. Such yeah. a good touch.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, uh, they, they, they nailed it, and I'm really excited to see um, what they can do on the ice and also to see just how mad they make everybody else, much like the Vegas Golden Knights did during the entry draft.
0: <laughs> yeah i'm already dreading who we're gonna lose because everyone's losing a good player so
1: you know that that's really the state of our two teams we'll get into it i'm sure a little later but uh, mm-hmm. you're dreading this draft i'm like brent seabrook brent seabrook is yeah, open, not he's available just take you you need that you need that veteran presence guys Let that's not you. gonna
0: happen it's just not they're gonna take someone take good my players now they're my, gonna be like we're taking Dominic kubalik and... <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's exactly how it's gonna work but yeah, yeah. man, let's, uh, let's, there's enough about how the NHL is actually doing a good job at running a hockey league. How about we mm-hmm. get into the, uh, the players now and uh, see where they're going to take us on this weird journey through the uh, 2014 playoff?
0: All right. Eastern Conference. Let's start out there where those heathens live. Pittsburgh Penguins, Montreal Canadiens. Man. Offense.
1: Offensively, I mean, you got to look at Pittsburgh here. But just the way you have for the past decade I, with, with Crosby and Malkin, and um, Gunsel's gotten it back together. I mean, this team should score four or five goals a game. Montreal, uh, may, maybe they can get lucky. Maybe they, they can have catch. have Kovalchuk, right? <laughs> you know, he's with Washington now.
0: Oh, he is with Washington. Yeah, he's Gavils. Gavils.
1: I was going to uh, mention him too, and I was like, no, they don't even have him. Yeah, so yeah, they, no, they can't they even rely for like a, a good week of like vintage Govalchuk anymore. I, I mean, I they got Jonathan Drouin gonna...
0: and Thomas Tatar. Those are two players who play hockey. Yeah,
1: yeah, they're really great. That's pretty one-sided for me, Zach. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Yeah, do you see any – Think closer in terms of balance when we look at the defensive uh, aspects of these two teams uh,
0: a little bit but i mean that's only because i think um i think montreal has the best defenseman in the series in shea weber and yeah. it's hard to say that yes chris letang is excellent he's fantastic um but when you got a guy like shea weber i think that might tilt it a little bit and that's just me being generous trying to give something to the canadians in this series <laughs> uh i think uh victor met or Mete, i can't remember that's how you say that's how you say his name if he's back that will be excellent as well but looking at it it's it's close i think that's maybe a wash between the two yeah i would
1: agree i it's not going to be a game breaker for either side which which i think would then trend to be a good thing for montreal in that case
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, goaltending Goaltending, yeah, this is where the series gets fun. Um, you look at the two netminders, and especially you look up to Montreal and you go, Carey Price, he's not what he used to be, and yet, and yet he he's might. not been in this position for a real long time. He doesn't yeah. have to be great for very long. He just has to be very good for long enough. Mm-hmm. And you look over at the other end here with Murray, and – historically he's kind of a weak playoff goaltender. Um, I, I would say I wouldn't, and, and I'll, I'll give him, let, let me, let me back up, Zach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is, yeah let's walk that one is, back. Is he a little notoriously, bit. is he notoriously bad? No. Um, is he a guy though that will prolong a series when it doesn't need to be prolonged by having a weak night? Yes. Is he a guy that will let in a gaff goal every now and then in the playoffs? Yes. And in this type of shortened to five-game season – or five-game series, rather, if he does that one night and gives Montreal another night, it's a completely different series. So I, I here, I honestly – I go with Carey Price on this one. And I think, A, the one, the one fact that Pittsburgh was so afraid of him that they voted against the playoff format. <laughs> that's, that's the first thing. He's, he's living rent-free in their heads for no yeah. good reason. And then also, I, I think there's something to be said about he, he's not a guy that usually makes a big mistake. And I've seen Murray do it, although he doesn't do it often. He's done it enough that it's stuck in my mind that if I had to pick one in five games, I think I'd still go with Curry Price.
0: Here's the problem, my friend. You are operating under the assumption that Matt Murray is the starting goaltender. Is he not? Tristan Jari. Is most likely going to start this series. Oh, he then was, I
1: still stand by what I just said. If I don't know who that person is, I'm gonna. I, I think I feel okay in in uh, in my analysis. And
0: here's the thing, my friend. You haven't watched a lot of Penguins games this year. Because, I try not to. I boil over with rage whenever. Yeah, it's easy to do. Uh, Tristan Jari has looked excellent in net. 9-2-1 save percentage, twenty twelve and one with a 2.43 goals against average. Okay. Has been great for the Penguins. Uh, better numbers than Carey Price. Yeah, that's true. Now he plays on a better team, but he also plays on a more injured team. I mean, the job that Mike Sullivan did this year with the Pittsburgh Penguins, is, you can't say enough good things about it. Any other year, he should be a Jack Adams finalist.
1: I mean, but, I, see, I see where you're going with that, Zach, but mm-hmm. what isn't just playing for Montreal injury enough?
0: Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so I think this is a little closer than you think when it comes to goaltending. But obviously, when you have someone who is of the mythic status that is Carey Price, can he be like the Undertaker and ride up, rise up for his one last match against uh, Dean Ambrose or whoever the heck it was in this past one? I don't know which one. It, yeah, want to... Yeah, either one. But yeah, is is he willing to go Undertaker and just you know right back up? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. So, X-Factors, X I think we've just talked about them, really. Yeah. Is Carey Price going to be Carey Price? Yep. So, Mace, what do you think? Do the Canadians have any shot?
1: I mean, realistically, probably not. Did right. I pick them, though? A hundred percent. All right. Montreal Canadians it. move on.
0: In how know? many games? Uh, five. In five games. All right. Montreal in five. Man, Pittsburgh in three. I'm calling Ooh. the sweep. All, all right. right, we'll see how it goes. Maybe Price steals one and we get Pittsburgh and four, but that's the best case scenario for them in my eyes. All
1: right, I mean, that that in all likelihood is what's going to happen. I just love the narrative of <laughs> Carey Price, A, redeeming the team, and B, Pittsburgh being so afraid of him that they end up losing to him.
0: Hey, I still love Shea Weber, so I'm totally okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> so Carolina versus the New York Rangers. This one is interesting
1: it is zach you've got one team coming off of a western conference final appearance last year the other team was supposed to be in rebuilding mode and given the you know timey wimbley wobbly that has been 2020 um they suddenly find themselves with a chance to uh, compete for the stanley cup are these two teams really as even as people make them out to be zach do you do you think this is going to be as even as a, of a matchup as people seem to think it will be
0: Two points separate these teams in the standings. And since 2011, the Rangers are 31 and six against the Carolina Hurricanes. The Rangers have historically owned Carolina. Like you look, you don't see Tom Dundon's name. You see just a branding of the Statue of Liberty right on the back of the Carolina Hurricanes at that rate, because that's how much they have owned them. However, Carolina is almost completely healthy with one big exception. We're not sure about the status of Dougie Hamilton. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to skip ahead and say the X factor here is Dougie Hamilton. I would agree. If he is willing to play, if he's able to play, I'm taking the Hurricanes. If he's not, I'm taking the Rangers yeah I would agree
1: Zach um, it, and, and even if he is i don 't think you 're going to get a, a Willis uh, Reed game out of him where he 's ineffective yeah. but it 's enough to cross the line if he's yeah. not if he 's not well enough to um, break game situations open then mm-hmm. i I agree i think I think the Rangers this is their series to take, and even if they don't end up going that far, I think this is their explanation point to what they 've been doing, their identity, all of those things, and I think they're going to be the ones that come out with more um, more at stake in a positive way Um, Carolina has a lot to lose here and New York really doesn't and they understand that but they're very excited to prove how good they actually are
0: I think what's interesting about this at least from an offensive perspective is I think you got to lean towards the Rangers when it comes to the offense just because you know and this is kind of what I usually operate on who has the best player and that's the Rangers yeah Artemi Panarin and not only that getting Chris Kreider back is yep. absolutely huge. huge for the Rangers. And I love me some Sebastian Ajo. I think he's fantastic. <laughs> he's but good. I think the better group is the Rangers in this case. I
1: would agree. Absolutely, Zach. Um, so I think, are we both picking New York for this series?
0: Uh, I don't know. I mean, defensively, you got to go for Carolina. Obviously yes. they have the better defensive core. Goaltending is another place where it's interesting because both of them, I don't know who's going to start.
1: Yeah, it's it's a wash to me almost. I don't yeah. know what to expect from e- either of the two starters in Carolina or the possible three starters you have in New York. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I have no idea uh, what to expect there. That's a huge wild card for both teams.
0: You know, um, it's funny. I picked uh, I picked Carolina on Slapshot Radio back on Monday, and I'm kind of wavering on that. <laughs> I am wondering if the Rangers – I think it's happening in five regardless. yeah. Actually, you know what? No, I don't think it's happening in five. I think if it goes longer than three, the Hurricanes are winning. Otherwise, if the Rangers wow. are in their head, then it's a sweep.
1: You think you think it's just a blitzkrieg by, by New York? And that's they the went 4-0
0: end. against them this year.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that the New York Rangers win. I'm not so sold on it being a five-game series and Carolina having a clear advantage there. Um, but I think it's, it's going to be a four-game series. Okay. You, you, I think I think Carolina gets one win, probably the second game, and mm-hmm. then th- that's that's it for their season.
0: Interesting. All right. Wow. Okay. Moving on to the Islanders versus the Panthers. Oh, I think we boy. all know where this is going.
1: Yeah. Um, so I would just—is like there an area where should... the
0: Panthers can compete?
1: Yeah. Offensively, they should be. I mean, when you look on paper, as we have mm-hmm. said many times on Central Divided, when it comes to the Florida Panthers, this is a very good team offensively they should be a dynamo um defensively they're actually pretty strong and now you've got Bobrovsky down there I mean this this should be a team that is a a threat to contend and they're just not and I don't know if that's you know lack of team cohesion I don't know if Joel Quinville's um uh, game plans are are working with the the roster that he has I don't know what that x factor that they're lacking is but it, it's gone it is out in the middle of the atlantic as far as they're concerned so you, you look on paper and you go well florida has a better offense than, than new york mm-hmm. new york's a very good defensive team they yep. probably don't have as strong a netminder um as florida does but but yeah. in real life that's a toss-up
0: i mean I, with when you have mitch corn as your goaltending coach and a barry trucks led team I mean, it's hard to ever bet against them in goaltending. Yeah, I,
1: I think for me personally, Zach, out of the East, I think if there's a game or a series that's going to go three games, I think it's this one. I think the Understand. Islanders win it in three.
0: Well, Islanders went 3-0 and against them this year. If there's one matchup in this series that I can't wait to see, it's Matt Barzal versus Alexander Barkov. I think that has the potential to be some high, high explosive hockey.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be which one's the real deal. Between the two of them. Those are two guys with very high ceilings and they really haven't after starting off very hot in their careers, Mm -hmm. they've cooled down significantly. And I think that's this is the kind of the battle of who's gonna be the has been and who's the have not.
0: Certainly interesting. So I mean you're going Islanders and three. Uh, Islanders and three. Yeah, you know, I think for me Islanders and four. I think Florida takes one. Okay. Well, they thank you for that. I got you. I got you. All right. Toronto versus Columbus, our final matchup in the Eastern conference. What do we make of this?
1: Zach, I have no idea. I have no idea what to make of this. i It's the only one that doesn't have a winner circled on my little card that I've uh, drawn up here. Cause I'm just going to wing it. I, again, this is kind of similar to the, uh, the Islanders Panthers dilemma where one team looks like they're a whole lot better than the other one, but there's just those intangibles that you look at and you go, well, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, so, what are what are your thoughts? I mean, offensively, obviously, uh, Toronto, Toronto by a should, lot. should yeah should have a clear advantage. Defensively, that's Columbus. trickier by a lot. Yeah, because it's Columbus. The only thing that Toronto has any advantage really defensively is that they get Jake Muzzin back. Is that going to be a game-breaker for them? Probably not, but it does shore up their defense. You know who is
0: two game-breakers they're getting back for Columbus? Zach Wierenski and Seth Jones. Seth Jones coming back is huge. I mean, Um, and Zach Wierenski too. For my money, Wierenski and Jones are the best pair in the league, not named Roman Yossi and Ryan Ellis. (laughs) They're very good. And having (laughs) them both back healthy and ready to go, and you have that
1: experience in their back pocket of last year when they pulled off that wonderful upset of the Lightning. So this is a team that's not going to come in without confidence, especially against a team that it should overpower them. They've been in this scenario a year ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we swept that team. So what do you got Toronto? You can't make it out of the first round every year.
0: I mean, they were tied in points at the pause. So you look at this, these are two teams who are fairly similar. Um, and as far as goaltending goes, that's another question. Where do you go? Is it Jonas Carpasalo Is it Elvis Lickens? Yeah. I mean, I, you know it's going to be Freddie Anderson on the other side, and I do trust Anderson to steal you a series. But why? When has he done it? But when has he done it, Zach? That's the thing. And you know, the, he's looked like a, a different goaltender over the past two years. I do he's, think... looked, he's looked
1: different this year to me. I, mean, I... I
0: will give you that, but I, I mean, I'm just
1: – Sorry, any Leafs fans listening to this? I'm just thinking back to Boston after Boston series, and like, but
0: that's the thing—they're not playing Boston this time. That's true. That's the, that's yes. the thing that that's the only reason <laughs> I haven't
1: circled Tor- uh, Columbus on my card is because it doesn't say Boston. Um, Death,
0: taxes, and Toronto playing the Bruins, which is why I am picking Toronto to advance, <laughs> and then they're going to play Boston in the first official round.
1: Okay. All right. See.
0: So round zero, they're going to win but they're I, still going to get to the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> that's an that's an
1: interesting loophole because the way I see it is this is still the first round. I don't care what the, the NHL says. And I don't think it's Boston. I think it's first round. I mean, Boston usually is the mm-hmm. one that does it for them, but I think it's just Toronto first round.
0: Okay, so, so you have
1: talked to me into circling the Columbus blue jackets.
0: I love it. I love it. There five we go. Five
1: games naturally. It's oh, five games
0: for sure. It's going yeah. five.
1: Yeah. And uh, they're going to they're gonna pull it out uh, in front of an empty crowd in Toronto.
0: In home ice advantage, does that do <laughs> anything for Toronto? They know no. the boards, right? I mean, <laughs> that's what I keep hearing is that they have an unfair advantage because they know the rink or whatever. It's
1: ridiculous. Yeah, well, let's, let's see if Edmonton puts up like eight goals the first game against Chicago, maybe they have a case.
0: So that's the Eastern Conference, and now let's move to the conference that matters the warm, yes. snuggly blanket of pain that is the Western Conference. And our first matchup are the fifth seeded Edmonton Oilers versus the 12th seeded Chicago Blackhawks.
1: How are Black
0: you feeling about this,
1: Mason? Man, I like. Have you seen the movie Melancholia? No. No. It's, it's, uh, it's a Lars von Trier film. If, oh God. Uh, if that gives you a direction. It yeah. does. <laughs> and, uh, uh, Kristen Dunst just watches the world end throughout the course of the thing. And she, this is her general reaction to it.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's just where you're at.
1: That's exactly where I am. I'm just like, this is going to be awful. And frankly, I hope it's awful so that we <laughs> don't, you know, prolong the suffering any longer. <laughs> that being said though, I think it'll be a fun series.
0: You know, if you talked to me before that exhibition game against the blues, I'd have been saying Edmonton's just gonna wax the Hawks. They're done. They've got nothing. But the Blackhawks were playing some inspired hockey.
1: And Uh, two I'll I'll narrow that down for you though, Zach. The the first line was playing some inspired hockey.
0: And one other player. Corey Crawford was back.
1: Yeah, he looked good, um, fresh off of his COVID nineteen uh, recovery. So, that's really good to see.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so let's break it down. I, yeah, offense.
1: Offense. Oh, come on, man! Don't make me
0: really. I'll make you say it. Like, yeah, the
1: two, the two best players in the world are on the same line for Edmonton. It's so, not fair. It's
0: just yeah, not fair. It's,
1: it's not fair. Nope. Um, they, they should they should outscore the Blackhawks, even if the Blackhawks had a. a, a Pro-worthy defense core uh, They should still put up Four or five a night against this team yeah. So unless something goes wildly wrong For Edmonton, I, I don't see Offense being an issue with them mm-hmm. um, Defensively, both teams Aren't the strongest But yeah. Edmonton Seems I to guess. at least have a game plan On uh, how to how to Defend, and if I remember right I believe their, their penalty kill unit Is a, a much tighter unit Than Chicago,
0: I might be yes. wrong on that is Mike Green playing for the Oilers? I can't remember. Oh, I don't remember. I don't think so. I, re- I remember reading something about him possibly opting out. I thought he but... opted
1: out because of his because uh, of his neck.
0: He did opt out of the playoffs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So right. he's he's
1: not on the roster anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, if he is not on the roster, then yeah, I mean, it's a wash in my yeah. eyes defensively. I, I,
1: I think I think it's a wash for fans of the teams. I think for just people that are watching, it is a win. Because
0: (laughs) it's going to be some offensive hockey.
1: Neither one of these defenses are going to do much, and both of these teams are going to be playing a very open game and counterattacking and counterattacking and counterattacking.
0: Now, goaltending, I got to give the edge to the Blackhawks here. And it's hard not to. I mean, like, yeah, the the Oilers, they're fine in that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, But the Blackhawks, you've got a goaltender like Corey Crawford. If he's back and ready to go, then look out.
1: If, if only we had Robin Leonard, but <laughs> even, even that being said, Corey Crawford's been solid this year. I, and I think it was because he got mm-hmm. to share so much time with, with Leonard. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's fresh. He looks good. He looks, um, you know, one of the things that you, you, you hear a lot of analysts talk about it. And so I'm, I'm sorry that I'm falling into that cliche, but a, when a goalie comes back from injury or illness, the first couple of games, a lot of times you can see them overreact to play in front of them, not even necessarily shots, but just movement um, passes, that kind of thing, where they just kind of work themselves out of position. Crawford in that Blues game was steady. He was mm-hmm. where exactly where he needed to be when the puck was, you know, in in, in a, a threatening position or even if it was just being cycled around. And um, that's good news for the Blackhawks that he he doesn't look like he's missed a step. He made some good saves. He got brushed a lot by the Bruce. They were very physical in the crease and didn't seem to affect him. So.
0: Yeah, he was playing within himself, which is a phrase you often hear about goalies, is that yep. they're steady, they're not overplaying the puck, their movement is economical. Exactly. And that's what you saw out of Corey Crawford, which I thought was a great sign if you're a Blackhawks fan. Yes. So once you're done eating your dinner of garbage from the trash can, you can get really excited about that if you're a hey, Blackhawks
1: fan. Our pizza fan. is delicious even <laughs> if it comes from a trash can, okay? <laughs>
0: Oh no, I have no qualm with Chicago pizza. <laughs> I mean, it depends. You got to go to like Art of Pizza at Belmont National, though. You can't go to like Giordano's oh, or no, any of, like the big no, places. You got to go Hole in no. the Wall. Yeah, like, exactly. So, Pequod's.
1: if any of you come up there, Pequod's ooh, is, uh,
0: is I miss a my I miss spot. that Pequod's lunch special so much. <laughs> <laughs> best deal in anywhere i mean it's what five bucks for like a pizza and a beer it's ridiculous
1: i know it's it's just the best it's going to be way better than what the blackhawks actually put on the ice during (laughs) exactly
0: so what do you think mace what's your prediction on this Um, one
1: i mean i would love to be a homer i really would yeah Um, but i'd also like the number one pick in the draft which would be really cool and that would also equally upset fans um Mm -hmm. that aren't you know especially nashville if uh We bounced and then immediately got the best player in the last five years. So (laughs) uh, I'm going to go with the Oilers. I think the Oilers win this. I think they win it in four. I wouldn't be surprised if the Blackhawks win the first game of the series, um, to be honest with you, and then get swept after that. Um, I think, though, every game is going to be entertaining. I think every game – I'm jinxing it, but I think every game is going to be, like, combined six or seven goals a game. It's going to be wild. Um, You're going to see Conor McDavid do some really amazing things. I think you're going to see guys like. It's
0: terrifying.
1: (laughs) And I I think on the Hawks end, you're going to see guys like uh, Kubelik do really cool things too. I think Jonathan Taze looks ready to actually perform and make a difference. Patrick Kane will probably have at least one really cool panorama in him. I think this is a really fun series for casual fans to get a look at. So I I think everybody wins here, but uh, when the winning comes
0: to the two teams, I think it's going to be Edmonton. So here's the thing my friend no way come on man my x factor for this series is experience and the hawks have a lot of it no the, Haw- it the oilers have two of the best players in the world and I think they're going to be good. And I think the Hawks are going to do just enough to stop them in five. I have a weird feeling the Blackhawks are winning in five. I don't know why. I can't justify it. There's no <laughs> logic behind it. But I just have a weird feeling that the Hawks are going to win this series. And this I is, don't know why. This is your
1: Montreal series. I picked it mine is. in it's the my East Montreal and you picked series. yours in the West. Okay. Yep.
0: There it is right there. And I did it for you. I mean, I think you'd be happy.
1: Oh. I would. I like, honestly, I would. As a fan, I would be thrilled if they won this. I would also be like, oh, well, now the rebuild's going to take two extra years. That's fine,
0: though. Oh, but- yeah
1: there I, I would love to see that zach honestly i just don't I, I just
0: it's don't. hard yeah
1: yeah but thank you for believing in us.
0: i got you that all makes right you Feel good. next series and i'm not just saying this because this is the next series but <laughs> the nashville predators in the sixth seed versus the arizona coyotes in the 11 hole what do we make of this series
1: you're gonna have much uh more Um, eloquence when it comes to the series, Zach, because I I don't know exactly what um, Nashville um, brings to the table in terms of their dynamic with Arizona. Mm -hmm. But having watched Nashville, um, especially in that opening round game, you guys looked very, very confident and you looked like you had a game plan. And that's something that often on this season, there's been some struggle with. So the fact that everybody looks like they're on the same page and the the, the engines have been well oiled is a really good sign. Also, what helps is that you're playing the Arizona Coyotes. I don't know anything about what you with the season standings have said. I it, now that I said it it's probably Arizona swept you guys, but one oh and one. If if we're talking about, you know, like just feelings and um uh experience, i feel Arizona, like you guys went to a large portion of your team went to the Stanley Cup final and has competed in the playoffs every year since and Arizona is Marion Hossa still on the roster. Like
0: I think Pavel Datsuk is still getting paid. Yeah, right. So
1: I in, in that in that respect, I don't I don't really see this being much of a series, which I guess would make it a trap series. Do, do you know what I mean?
0: Uh here's the thing. Arizona always gives the Predators fits. Okay. It's a weird team that's just like always they're frustrating, they're young, they're speedy. It it's they're usually game type to hurt the predators. Um but the way that Nashville has been playing since John Hines took over, the focus on net front clearance, the focus on puck possession and scoring off the rush and just kind of beating down other teams. Really plays against the Arizona Coyotes mindset. Arizona is a team who doesn't give up a lot and they also don't get a lot. They are score almost exclusively off the rush, which is going to happen when you're leading forwards are people like Clayton Keller, Taylor Hall, and Phil Kessel. Mm-hmm. Now you look at players like that and you think, oh, that's pretty good. Does Arizona have the offensive advantage? God, no.
1: No, the Predators. It's
0: not the Predators, while they don't have any one player who's going to be like, here's your 50-goal scorer, they're hoping Philip Forsberg turns into that one day. I personally think he can, but, you know, we're a few years in now. We ain't seen it yet. The Predators are a death-by-a-thousand-cuts team. They have four lines that can score against you. And with the reunition, uh, reunition, uh, the reuniting of the Johansson-Forsberg-Arvidsson, you know, belovedly known as the Joffa line, the that line was the best line in the playoffs in 2017, mm-hmm. and it's been fun kind of rewatching because they've been playing all of the 2017 run here in Nashville throughout you know our lovely COVID phase, <laughs> and watching that line wreak havoc against other teams. I mean, you saw it as the as it happened with the Blackhawks. You know, we were watching that series together in person, much to your chagrin. And you know, you look at everything that that line was able to do. If they were able to recap, you know, recapture. Uh, an ounce of what they were able to do, then they're going to give the Arizona Coyotes a ton of problems. In their exhibition game against Dallas today, that line looked like the 2017 version. It did. There was creative passes. The pass from Philip Forsberg to Victor Arvidsson for his second goal of the game, you're already seeing it on highlights all over Twitter because it was, you know, as he's known for, completely filthy. <laughs> and just the way that Ryan Johansson was hard on the puck fast skating, you look at that, and then you open up room for the second line of Matt Duchesne, Mikhail Granlund, and Kyle Turris to make some noise, and they look strong too. And if they don't hurt you, oh, okay, then you've got one of their leading scorers, Nick Benino and Rocco Grimaldi, and Craig Smith on the third line who are going to burn you with speed as well. And then you got the fourth line of some amalgamation of Colin Blackwell, Austin Watson, Colton Sissons, and Callie Croak, who is known for playoff heroics. So you look at that, and it's hard not to feel good just about the pure depth of this lineup versus the Coyotes. I think
1: that's something that doesn't get talked about often enough with Nashville is the deceptive speed that multiple lines have. The mm-hmm. Jofa line, obviously, I mean, we've seen Arvidsson and um, Forsberg turn people into highlight reels because they're just faster and they're, they're more dynamic on their skates. Mm-hmm. But it, it, is, it is three lines that can compete with your top pair of defensemen in terms of speed, especially on a rush. Um, I think that's going to be huge against a team like uh, a, a team like Arizona
0: now we've been talking about the series for a little bit now, and we haven't mentioned in my mind the Norris trophy favorite of Roman Yosi yet so defensively, you look at both these teams. And as I said earlier, I think you've got one of the best pairings in the game in Yossi and Ellis right now. And that's to say nothing about the Coyotes captain Oliver Ecken Larson, who is a phenomenal player. He's excellent. Yeah. I think Jacob Chikrin is gonna turn into something really good for that team as well. I don't think they're just I just don't think they're there yet. They're there yet.
1: Yeah, as soon as you mentioned uh, as soon as you mentioned Chikrin, that that that's my thought exactly. There there are guys that are just not there yet. This will be good experience, especially if they can take this four or five games. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, defensively, I, it's it's your game. Offensively, it's it's Nationals' game. And the goaltending a mark. Well, I but here's so I, I assume and don't I, I might get in trouble for assuming here. UC Soros is going to start.
0: We actually do not know yet. It's not it's not known. Okay, it's not confirmed. Hines even said just after this game, you'll know on Sunday.
1: Great. D- does and- that does that fill you with like excitement or with dread?
0: If either of the goalies was looking particularly bad, I'd be more worried. But they look pretty they, solid. They both just shut out the stars. I mean, sure, the stars don't score a lot, but both of them had some highlight reel saves throughout. I thought Saros looked stronger during training camp, mm-hmm. but Pecorine has 87 career playoff starts. Yeah, UC I mean, Soros if you're looking for zero. experience, he's the guy. If, who, I mean, who
1: would you who would you roll with if you were if you were behind the bench?
0: I would start with Pecorine, and here's the reason why. If you're He's thinking of the feet tall. well, there's that. Okay. If you think of the future of this franchise, if you consider UC Saros your computer number one goalie, to start him in the playoffs and then yank him in favor of Pecorine is going to do damage to that kid's psyche. True. I think it's way easier to pull Pecorine and go to UC Saros for the long term health of the franchise. You know, are you trying to win one series or you're trying to win them all?
1: That's true. And that's a real true. question.
0: So that's, that's, that's why true. I would go with Pekarene.
1: Okay. I would, yeah, I, for me, it's it's close. I really don't know who I'd go yeah. with.
0: Now, um, honestly, I think I think the Coyotes have the better devil, have, the, have the better goaltending tandem. I think Darcy Kemper was amazing this series, and Anti-Ranta was not bad at all no. either. So I think if there is an area where the Coyotes might have the edge, it's got to be goaltending.
1: Yep, it, but I mean, it's just going to be – goaltending can win you a series, mm-hmm. um, and it often does when you get like Jordan Bennington level yep. – net minding against a team like Nashville though, that gets taken out of the equation a bit because of the different ways they can punish you. If you're just repelling one style of play, if, you know, if, if it's possession play and you're going to get a lot of shots through from the, you know, from, from the point and lots of cross size passes, and you know what to expect. That's one thing. Nashville can do that. They excel at that. They also excel at the rush. They also excel at the, the power play. Like there are three or four different styles of hockey that Nashville can adapt to and Mm -hmm. and succeed in and i i think i think even if um if arizona has an advantage with net minding it, it really wears down when you just exhaust somebody because they can't ever evolve to what or adapt to to what you're doing
0: yeah nashville i mean i think there are two areas where arizona might have the edge Maybe goaltending and then special teams—they have the advantage. Nashville's power play was much maligned, even though they had a power play goal today, which was awesome. <laughs> and their penalty kill is excellent as well for Arizona. But in your mind, how does this series go? Uh, in my
1: mind, Zach, uh, the Nashville Predators will win it. I think they win it in four.
0: Yep, I, I agree with that. Um, if it goes longer than four, I think it makes Trouble. the Preds nervous. Yeah. Yeah. So Preds I really in agree. four. I, th- I feel good about that which moves us on to our next central division and every matchup actually features someone from the central. How Indeed. about that? Huh? Yeah. Love that. All good seven job, teams making the playoffs. God, we're the best division. Just so good. <laughs> so you got a lot to move up to Arizona when you join us. Okay. <laughs> Vancouver versus Minnesota. This series is fascinating to me.
1: Is it really? Cause it really okay, please sell me on this series. Cause it sounds like the most boring series to me.
0: You know, there are two things. I think you have the inexperience of Vancouver and okay. just the pure potential of the youth on that team. Yeah. I mean, Quinn Hughes, Brock Besser, all of these players who are just completely excellent. And then you have the old Minnesota Wild, which you'd think, okay, who cares? Except no, for No, that's what it's getting interesting. Here's the thing: okay, Kevin let's... Fiala oh, has been so good yeah he's been good okay and that is a player he's turned into the game breaker that nashville thought he would be when they drafted him 10th overall in his draft year the way that he has completely revamped that minnesota offense He's just been well, electric. Well, well it did revamped the Minnesota offense. Well, I mean, they have a new coach now. Dean Evison has definitely done some different things with them.
1: Yeah, had, revamped seems like strong praise, though. Like, huh. uh, I mean, they, I'm not
0: they, saying he they they turned into the O2 Wings. Okay. I'm just right. saying just wanted, that they're. I mean, they're better than they were. Yeah, and, that's
1: that's true. I that is that is true. I'm also fatter than I was, but that doesn't necessarily mean me a you know, sumo wrestler. So
0: <laughs> fair, 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 fair. Now. Not only that, I think defensively, you're going to have – if you like defensive hockey, this is your series. Between the fact that you've got Quinn Hughes on the back end for a stout Vancouver defensive line and then the always excellent Ryan Souter and Jonas Brodeen on the back end for Minnesota, I think you're going to see some real grind-it-out, heavy playoff hockey between these two.
1: This is my favorite game to play during the Minnesota Wild playoff run. How many minutes does Souter average a game?
0: Yeah.
1: It and is. especially in this format where it might only be five games or three games, uh,
0: 30, 32. Oh, I think he hits 30. Yeah. He's got I, two, right.
1: Right. <laughs> it's going to be insane. Um, and I, I think you hit on, I think he had done something there, Zach. If Minnesota has a chance to win this, it's going to be because of their defensive stoutness. It's going to be because they're going to rely on those big names that you've mentioned, and they're going to do just enough to get
0: by. Yeah. Um, I do think that Minnesota was one of the teams that was most hurt by the pause because they were 12 5 and 1 going yeah, into it. I, but, I, I
1: would agree with that. I
0: don't know. We'll see. What do you think of this one, huh? Offensively, uh, I think you got to go with Vancouver, just like yeah, the firepower. I think it's Vancouver. Um, Defensively, you know, Minnesota.
1: Yeah. And, and uh, goaltending wise, I think it's a wash. Uh, yeah. You know,
0: do next. Ah, I give the edge to Vancouver. Jacob Markstrom really, was excellent this year. Uh, he was Absolutely very good. excellent. And him coming uh, back is a huge boon for the Canucks.
1: No, that's, that's true. Um, it, I, I, it's, so, it's so hard, though, to talk about a lot of these Vancouver Canucks players because they have zero experience in this position. That's yeah, the thing.
0: same. Same with but, the but, Wild. <laughs>
1: th- that's true. Um, but but that's, that's, at least that's the exciting thing for me. If there's something that I look forward to in this series, I don't – sorry, Minnesota. I just – I don't care about you. You're, you're, you're here to be cannon fodder. I want to see what the Canucks can do especially Quinn Hughes, especially Elias Pettison, you know, mm-hmm. Brock Besser. I want to see if Markstrom can turn into a Jordan Bennington-esque goaltender in the playoffs. Yeah. I, they have so much upside, and I'm, I'm really excited to see how well they do. I think the X factor for them is their youth. Um, yep. It's either going to go one or two ways. It's either going to be a boon or it's going to drag them down. Um, but I think that they're going to get through this series relatively easily. I think it's going to be a four-game series. Um I think they're going to have more trouble scoring than you mm-hmm. might believe because of the things that you've mentioned in terms of the Wilds' defensive capabilities. Uh, that being said, though, I think Vancouver just has the talent, um, and these kids don't know better. They're just, you know, They're going All to right. run against a wall, and they're just going to be like, cool. That, that Vancouver
0: is, in four is what you're saying. Yeah. Minnesota in five. Kevin Fiala wins the series here. in overtime. I
1: mean, is it possible to be a homer for somebody who doesn't play your home team anymore?
0: Well, I mean – I guess probably. I don't know. I don't. I mean, it's not like Fiala wasn't my favorite player when he was so, here. I just think that he's really evolved some his game. So
1: expatism.
0: I don't know. I mean, like I, I do like ever. Then again, all right. we're we'll <laughs> moving on. So next up, we have our last series to cover: the Calgary Flames versus the Winnipeg Jets.
1: You know, Zach, when I was thinking about these earlier today, um, I at first I said to myself. This one's pretty open and shut. I think I know who wins this. I think I know why they win it. And the more I thought about it, the more I ruminated on the different factors that are going to come into play during this series, the less certain I got about the team that I was going to pick. Um, For me, this series has the potential to go one of two ways. Um, It it could be a three-game sweep. It could be a five-game slugfest. The fun thing about it, Zach, is that both of those teams could do both of those things. It is mm-hmm. not a one or the other. The Flames and the Jets could just roll this series, or it could be an arduous war. And I'm not sure which one we're going to see.
0: You know, you look at the forwards. I think you got to go for the for the uh, Jets just oh, it's, yeah, offensively, yeah, it's it's hands like down. Wheeler, Especially with line Johnny, a. yeah. yeah.
1: It, it, you look at Johnny DeGros struggles this year too he looks Uh, disinterested yeah unless he finds the magic and and can get back into it and and excel at a high level um the highest level that we've possibly seen him in Mm um they're gonna have real struggles offensively defensively Defensively,
0: though calgary all the way you got you got mark giordano you Uh, got travis hammock i mean like those players yeah and here is why i'm picking the jets goaltending Connor Hellebuck, my baby boy. When you have, in my mind, the no-brainer Vesna winner, how do you pick against him? He
1: should have been a heart finalist with the defense they put in front of him.
0: He should be in the heart race. Mm -hmm. 100%. Um, I
1: I, I agree with you completely, Zach. I think the X factor and the reason I picked the Winnipeg Jets is because of Connor Hellebuck. Uh, He has made the jump that we've been waiting for him to make the last couple years of being a bona fide stud Mm-hmm. And he's, he's proven that he is here. Um, the warm-up game against uh, Vancouver, a lot of talent that we just mentioned, well, unable to score on him, 4-0 shutout. So I, I really think he is in that Corey Crawford mindset where he's ready, he's prepared, um, he knows what he needs to do. And I think you're going to see a lot of struggle with Calgary's offense and a lot of resilience in the lack of defense that Winnipeg has because they have the confidence knowing that hellbucks behind them to to dig them out of holes if they create them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, do you what what how many games do you think this goes, Zach? I think it goes four. five. I think you think it goes four?
0: Yeah. I, I think, think it, it goes the full five. Interesting. Yeah, I could see that happening too. I mean, that's the thing with these five gamers. It's so hard to predict, and there's such a, a thin line between all. So
1: the, the, the only the only real chance I think Calgary has in terms of uh, stealing the series is that if they can get under the skin and play play the agitator role well enough with guys like Patrick Line and, and the uh, uh, and those, those kinds of players mm-hmm. that, that rely on their, their, their speed and their um, deftness on the ice. Um, I think that's the one thing that could equalize it for them. Cause you have guys like a Chuck that, that can just turn the tide of a game just He's with passed. their presence. Yep. But I, I, do I see that happening? No, not over the course of the whole series.
0: Well, my friend, I think we just, you know, don't even bother watching the games. We told everyone what's going to happen. So uh, that's how it's going get, to go. Get on your betting sites. Mm-hmm. Say everything okay. we said. Put $100 on it. Everybody, put everything you own. All right. House, the life of horses, your first, first child. Ours. Yes. Mm-hmm. Everything. Take it to the bank. Uh, well, my friend, there. it's a, there we go. It has always a pleasure doing this with you. What do you think? After this whole play-in round, we get ready and preview the first one? Oh,
1: I think that sounds like a great plan, Zach.
0: All right, my guy. Well, hey, thank you so much for doing this with me, Mason. Always a pleasure. Anything you want to say to everybody out there taking no, a listen?
1: Thanks for uh, sticking around, guys. It's really cool to see that a lot of you still listen, even though we take our uh, hiatuses and, uh, you know, hockey in general didn't exist for six months, so. Yeah,
0: what the hell are we going to talk about?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, th- thanks, uh, thanks for, for just sticking around and being friends, everybody. We really appreciate it, both uh, me and
0: Zach. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. So for my friend Mason Masters, I'm Zach McCann. We'll see you next time here on Central Divided.